0: Well, here we are, the first Sunday of 2019, a brand new year. And it's the time of year, isn't it, when people talk about turning over a new leaf, making a fresh start, perhaps trying new things, uh, maybe even making New Year's resolutions. On New Year's Eve, the hashtag New Year's resolution was trending on Twitter around the world. That's how popular it is to make New Year's resolutions. In fact, surveys suggest that about 50% of us we'll make at least one resolution this year. So have you made yours yet? According to Google, the most searched uh, goal in 2019, the most popular New Year's resolution has been personal health. So starting an exercise routine and losing weight are at the forefront of millions of people's minds right now, particularly so after a long break full of food and fun. The second most popular resolution is getting the budget under control, You know, saving money, Reducing debt, that's followed by sleeping more, I can relate with that one, and then spending more time with the family. I wonder if any of those things are on your list of New Year's resolutions. If they are, you'll have to work hard to keep them because statistics show that after just the first week of the year, only 75% of people will still be keeping their New Year's resolution. So today's the sixth, we're almost one week in, if you're still keeping your resolutions, Good on you, but don't relax just yet because by the end of the second week that will have dropped to 70%, by the end of January that will be down to 60%, less than half of us will still be going by the middle of the year and less than 10% of people will still be keeping their New Year's resolutions by this time next January. New Year's resolutions come and they go, we're not very good at keeping them are we? Friends, we don't want to be like that when it comes to following Jesus. Following Jesus is not just another New Year's resolution. Following Jesus isn't just a promise that we make at the start of the year that then fades away and gets forgotten about. Following Jesus is a lifetime's resolution, it is a way of life. It is something that we go on working out day after day after day for the rest of our lives. Our vision statement here at DPC is growing followers of Christ Jesus. Everything we do is geared towards helping people to follow Jesus as their king. But here's the thing. We can't be helping other people to grow as followers of Jesus if we're not following him ourselves. And so today's passage is a really helpful one because it's all about how to to make sure that you personally keep going as a follower of Christ. So let's have a look. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him. So this was written to people who had received Christ Jesus as Lord. In other words, it was written to Christians, followers of Jesus. And there's really only one instruction to them. There's one command here to followers of Jesus. Continue to live to live in him. If you're a follower of Jesus, then you need to make sure that you personally keep following him. Now, how do you do that? How do you make sure that you are growing as a follower of Christ? Well, the rest of this passage gives us three ways we can be doing that. And the first one is to be growing in Christ, rooted and built up in him. Have a look at verse 6 again. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him. So the first way for you to make sure that you keep going as a follower of Jesus is by growing in him. You know, when you become a follower of Jesus, when you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, when you have your sins forgiven because of his death, there's a sense in which you are now joined to him. You're united with him. Colossians would describe you as being in him. And that idea of being in Christ, is a, it's a big idea in Colossians. And once you're in Christ, it's really important to continue to live in him. And one way you can do that is by being rooted in him. Now, the idea of being rooted in Jesus, it's, it's the idea of being thoroughly grounded in him, made firm, fixed, immovable, like an established plant that's almost impossible to get out. I don't often do this, but I was doing a bit of gardening during the week and I was digging up some old plants so we could put in some new ones and it was really hard work. Like My shoulders are still sore today because of it. Some of those old, more established plants had sent thick roots right down deep into the ground and they didn't want to let go. They were firm, they were fixed, they were thoroughly grounded, they were just about impossible to dig out. That's the kind of picture we're meant to have here. As a follower of Jesus, your identity is in Him. And so you're to be rooted in Him. You're to be established in Him. You're to be firmly fixed in Him. You're to be immovable from Him. You're to never let go of Jesus. You're to never move on from Jesus. You're to never get distracted from Jesus. You're to never become bored of Jesus. He should be your compass, right? The one who is setting the course and direction of your life. He should be your anchor, the one who gives your life stability and security. Jesus should be the first one that you turn to for direction and comfort and help. As a follower of Jesus, you should obey him when it's easy and when it's hard. As a follower of Jesus, you should obey him when it suits you and when it doesn't suit you when it actually makes life awkward and difficult. As a follower of Jesus, whatever you do, stay rooted in him. Be immovable, be impossible to move on. But don't just stay there. Colossians says that as well as being rooted in Christ, you're to be built up in him. Have a look again at verse 6. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him. So Jesus is like the soil that we're to be rooted in and he's also kind of like the foundation that we're to be built on. But actually, as well as being the foundation, it seems Jesus is also the blueprint because not only are we to be built on him, but we're to be built like him. Growing in Christ means growing like Christ. That's another one of these big ideas in Colossians. So for instance, if you've still got Colossians open in front of you, have a look at Colossians chapter 3 and verse 9. It says, You have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. For you to continue to live in Jesus, it means being rooted and built on him, and it also means being made like him. It means being renewed in his image. It means becoming more like Jesus. Now, what will that look like? Well, Colossians spells it out for us. So have a look at chapter 3 and verse 5. Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. That's what it looks like to be built like Jesus. Or verse 8, you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Growing like Christ means getting rid of those things, putting them to death. And it also means putting on a whole bunch of other things. Verse 12, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another forgive as the lord forgave you that is what it means to be built up in jesus that's what it means to be made more like him to be doing those things more and more and more so how do you reckon you're going with that i mean if you cast your eye back over those verses over those lists can you put your finger on something that you need to put to death Something you need to get rid of, something you need to stop doing? Can you identify something that you need to clothe yourself with, something you should start doing? And if you're serious about growing as a follower of Jesus, if you're serious about being built like him, how are you actually going to do that? How are you going to make sure that you are growing more like Jesus? Let me be honest. I struggle with anger. I get angry way too easily. It's not something I'm proud of. In fact, it's something I'm embarrassed by and ashamed of. I know it's wrong as a follower of Jesus, and it doesn't reflect that I am in him. And so with God's help, by his grace, I'm going to try and do something about it. I've got a plan about how I might be able to be built a little bit more like him. This is my plan. I've just started reading this book, a small book about a big problem. It's got 50 chapters. The idea is to read one chapter each day for 50 days. It's kind of like a slow walk, a journey, unpacking anger, and along the way, learning how to respond with patience. Now, most importantly, though, it's a reminder that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. He's the one who makes peace between us and God by his death. And he's the only one who can empower us, his people, to actually grow in peace and patience and forgiveness. Now, after I'm done with that, I'm going to read this book, Uprooting Anger, Biblical Help for a Common Problem. As well as that, though, I've got a couple of guys that I've been talking to who I've already shared this problem with and who will be praying for me. And of course, most importantly, I'm going to pray because I need God's grace. And I'd really appreciate your prayers as well. That's kind of maybe what it's going to look like for me to be built more like Jesus. I wonder what it will look like for you to be built up in Christ. What will it look like for you to be built like Christ, to be growing in Christ? Because if you're serious about making sure that you personally keep following Jesus, then make sure that you are growing in Christ, rooted in him and built up in him. But as well as growing in Christ, there's another type of growth that will help you to keep following Jesus and that is growing in the faith or in other words, growing in your knowledge. Now, we sometimes get bagged out for this here at DPC. You know, we get labelled as being too academic or too theological. But Colossians actually says that if you're serious about following Jesus, then you need to be strengthened and growing in the faith. Have a look again at verse 6. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Now, the idea of being strengthened in the faith there, it's the idea of having something confirmed, having something made sure and certain. It's not really talking about the way that you feel. It's not talking about you growing in your faith. What does it say? You're to be strengthened in the faith as you were taught. So for the Colossians, they're to be strengthened, they're to grow in knowledge, they're to be sure and certain about the things they've been taught. Now, if we had have been reading Colossians from the start, we would know what they've been taught, because it was spelled out back in chapter one. They were taught about the faith. They were taught the gospel. They were taught things like the fact that Jesus had redeemed them. that is, He's brought them out of slavery. In other words, they were taught that Jesus has rescued them from the dominion of darkness and brought them into His kingdom. They were taught that Jesus is supreme over everything. He is before all things. Everything was made by him and for him and he holds everything together. They were taught that Jesus is God and they were taught that Jesus died on the cross so as to forgive their sins in order to bring peace between them and God. And those are the things they're to be strengthened in. They're to grow in their knowledge and appreciation of those truths. And it's not too hard to see, is it, that if they become increasingly convinced of those facts, that will help them to continue to live in Christ. And it's the same for us. If you're being strengthened and growing in the faith, absolutely that is going to help you to keep following Jesus. So how do you do that? How do you make sure that you're growing in the faith? Well, I guess the obvious answer is kind of the Sunday school one, right? Read the Bible. Let me ask you, do you do that? Because it's the obvious answer, but it's not always the easiest thing to do. So if deliberately setting aside some time each day so as to seriously and thoughtfully read the Bible is something you've not really done before, let me suggest how you might do that. This year, I've started working through this book. looks intimidating. It's not that bad, really. It's called For the Love of God. This one has four Bible readings each day. So today is the 6th of January. Today I'm reading Genesis 6, Matthew 6, Ezra 6 and Acts 6. And then it has a bit of an explanation about one of those Bible readings. If I stick to that, I'm going to read through uh, the entire Bible this year. That might not be for you, though. Something like that might be a bit too much. So maybe something like this would be more helpful for you. This is the Daily Reading Bible. It's published by Matthias Media. They've got a whole bunch of them now. You can buy it off their website. This is a lot less intimidating. It has one reading per day. It's got three or four questions to think through. It even gives you some ideas of things to pray for, Each day, but the idea is to encourage you to be reading the Bible because reading the Bible is a great way to be growing in the faith. And so is reading Christian books. When was the last time you read a good Christian book? I'm not talking about, you know, a Christian romance novel or some of the other fluffy, airy, fairy rubbish that's out there because there's plenty of rubbish out there. But when was the last time you read a good, solid, meaty Christian book? You know, the kind of book that actually you had to think hard about, the kind of book that seriously pushed you and stretched you and helped you to grow in the faith. When was the last time you read a book like that? How do you even know what is a good book? Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but here at DPC we have a little library. It's in the dining room, tucked in behind the folding doors. And we've actually worked hard to make sure that it's got books exactly like this. Books that will strengthen and grow you in the faith. So have a look over morning tea. Borrow a book, read it. Grow in the faith. Because being strengthened and growing in the faith is a great way to make sure that you keep following Jesus. But you know, actually, I reckon here at DPC, generally we do okay at these uh, first two ways of growing. Generally, we do okay at growing in Christ. We're pretty good at staying focused on Jesus. We're not too bad at helping each other to become more like him. And I reckon we also do okay at growing in the faith. Most of us, I think, are growing in our knowledge and conviction of gospel truths. But there's a third way to be growing ourselves. And maybe we're not quite so good at this one. Colossians says that if you're serious about making sure that you keep following Jesus, then you should be growing in thankfulness. Overflowing in thankfulness even. Verse 6 again. Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Do you reckon you're a thankful person? Would you say you're overflowing with thankfulness? Because I reckon generally we're not great at this. Now, in part, that's because our culture isn't thankful, is it? We live in a culture where people are just complaining about stuff all the time. You don't have to spend much time on Facebook or social media. You've only got to read a little bit of the comments section to see that people are just constantly whinging and complaining about this and that and the other. And I think we realise it's a problem, and that's why we try and teach our children to be thankful, don't we? We tell them to say thank you whenever anyone does something for them. But when was the last time that you consciously and deliberately stopped to say thank you to God for something? And I'm not talking about how you say thank you for your food when you say grace and that, but when was the last time that you deliberately and consciously stopped to say thank you to God for something? I wonder if we could do a much better job at modelling thankfulness. We could certainly do a much better job at overflowing with thankfulness. You know, just about all Paul's letters start with giving thanks. Thanks. This letter, Colossians, it started with the words, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Even 1 Corinthians, right, which was a letter written to a bunch of ratbags, a letter full of all the things they were doing wrong, even it starts by being thankful. At the start of 1 Corinthians, Paul says, I always thank God for you. And I suspect that that at least part of the reason Paul always did that was because he was modelling thankfulness to the people he was writing to he was modelling to them what it meant to be overflowing with thankfulness he was showing them that no matter the circumstances when we are in Christ there are always things to be thankful for you just got to look for them because the churches he was writing to clearly weren't perfect they had their problems but even so even in them there were things to be thankful for and that's like us isn't it we're not perfect As a church, we have our problems. There are plenty of things here that are frustrating and annoying. There are plenty of things here to whinge and complain about. There are things about church that annoy me. But really, that's just what life's like, isn't it? Life for many of us is full of sickness and pain and suffering and disappointment and frustration. And there's nothing wrong with being open and honest about your pain and frustration. So long as you are also growing in thankfulness. So do you reckon you are growing in thankfulness? Do you reckon you are more thankful to God now than you were this time last year? Because in all seriousness, for those of us who are in Christ, we have an abundance of things to be thankful for. Our thankfulness should be overflowing. But if you're anything like me, then your thankfulness kind of just doesn't seem to be growing naturally. And if you're like that, then maybe like me, you need to train yourself to grow in thankfulness. Actually, let's have a go at doing it now. I'm going to give you 10, maybe 20 seconds. All I want you to do is just to write down one thing that you're thankful to God for. Thank you, God, for you fill in the blank. I'll give you 10 seconds. Go for it. Okay, that's long enough. Hopefully you wrote something down. If you didn't, hopefully you could at least think of something. And if you did, that's kind of the first step to training yourself to grow in thankfulness. The second step is, tonight when you go to bed, before you fall asleep, deliberately and consciously thank God for something else. And then, hey, when you wake up in the morning, why not do it again? Deliberately and consciously thank God for something. Train yourself to be growing in thankfulness. Because if you really are serious about making sure that you personally are following Jesus, then Colossians says you'll be growing in thankfulness. You know, the other day I was reading an article called Ten Sure Ways to Keep Your New Year's Resolutions. Step one was keep your resolutions simple. Step two was choose carefully. Step three was be realistic. And it kept going. There were ten steps that evidently would set you on the path to success. Now, personally, I actually think most of them wouldn't work, but one of them was good advice. Step nine was, don't give up. And that is actually really, really good advice for us in our following of Jesus as well. Because following Jesus isn't just another New Year's resolution, it is a lifetime's resolution. It is a way of life. So, in the coming months... When your friends give up on their resolutions to get healthy and lose weight, whatever you do, don't give up on Jesus. When your workmates give up on their resolutions to quit smoking and spend more time with the family, don't give up on following Jesus. When your neighbours give up on their resolutions of getting their budget under control, don't give up on growing as a follower of Christ. Friends, whatever else you do this year, make sure that you personally keep going As a follower of Christ Jesus. Which is really what these couple of verses from Colossians have been all about, isn't it? Just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Let me pray. Now, Father in heaven, we acknowledge that Jesus is the king. He's the Christ, your chosen king, and he's our Lord, our master. And people, Father, as people who have received Jesus as Lord, as his followers, help us to continue to live in him, please. Help us to keep following him. We really need your help to do that. It's a hard thing to do. And so, Father, thank you for the encouragement and the reminder this morning. Help us, please, to be rooted and built up in Jesus, to never move on from him, to be growing like him. Help us, please, to be strengthened in the faith, to be growing in our our faith. Help us, please, to be convinced and convicted of the truths of the gospel, and so to keep following Jesus. Father, help us, please, to be growing in thankfulness. Help us to be overflowing in thankfulness. Because in Christ, we have so much to be thankful for, an abundance of things, to be thankful for. Help us please to go on following Jesus, to continue to live in him and please use us to honour and glorify him. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.